each stage of our life, our goals will change, our needs will change, our income hopefully will change. Things are always going to change. And so, you know, our need, our desire, um, how we actually treat our money will change also. Hi, mates. Welcome back to Pocket Money. I'm Kate and this is the show for financial ostriches that dream of being eagles. Today we're talking about budgeting. I don't know about you, but sometimes budgeting makes me think about deprivation, sitting at home, not drinking coffee, not having a lot of fun. Turns out that that's not all that. Budgeting is about keeping an eye on your money, having goals, working out where your money goes, and basically taking control of all that good stuff and being the master of your own domain. Also, no matter where you are with your money, it's still really good to talk about, you know, if you are doing a budget, what else can you do to optimise it? Whether you're a beginner or you're a long way down the track, we've got plenty of tips and tricks today. We do have one of our favourite money experts in the studio, Lisa Montgomery. Lisa is one of Australia's most respected consumer finance experts and commentators. She's also the former CEO of Resi Home Loans and the head of consumer advocacy at Wizard Home Loans. I love Lisa because she's straight talking, she's funny and she's practical. She's going to talk about everything to do with budgets, as well as knocking back some of those common excuses all of us use sometimes about not wanting to deal with this stuff. So let's get to it. This episode of Pocket Money is presented by Bundle, the buy now, pay later app that works for everything. Everywhere MasterCard is accepted. Bundle gives you two weeks to pay interest-free and has built-in budgeting tools to track your spending. Learn more at Bundle, that's B-U-N-D-L-L.com.au. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Kate. Great to be here. I'm a little bit excited to talk to you. (laughs) Lisa, we're talking about budgeting. Mm. And when I think about budgeting, I think, oh, God, is that like living on two-minute noodles and warm tap water and, I don't know, not drinking coffee and... Gee, Kate, that's... (laughs) That's extreme. Says <laughs> mm, mm, a bit about my past. Um, speaking <laughs> of the past, we're not really taught budgeting in school here in Australia, are we? Look, I think more and more we're seeing it creep in on some curriculums, but ostensibly no. And I think that's a real shame because we have to budget from the moment we want something to have that something that we want and then as life goes on to sustain ourselves. So budgeting sometimes means different things to different people, I think. So it might be just meeting the bills and getting to the next week. And that means that you've got to budget for each one of those, um, each of those weeks. Going to also just mean knowing where your money's going because I'd warrant there's plenty of people that probably couldn't tell you where their money's going. Well, I think that's even more true today because we have so many opportunities to be able to spend it online, on food options, you know, just on entertaining ourselves. There's so many opportunities to do it and to do it swiftly and quickly by the tapping or or just pushing a button and the money's left us because everything now is, as we know, digital. Our money comes in via the you know, the ethos, it goes out via the ethos. Very and, intangible, isn't and it? And we don't touch it anymore. So yeah. sometimes that value piece is kind of lost. And if you haven't sort of thought about whether you've 
got the money to spend on that item or whether you haven't, then that could be the beginning of something that's not healthy. And so there's a term I use, Kate. Oh, and tell that, me. And that is pause before purchase. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, and I love a slogan and that is a great one. It's a really important thing. You know, um, it's a bit like if you're addicted to cream cakes or something like that. You know, pause before you make that decision about that thing you're going to eat. It's the same thing around purchasing because we tend not to pause it's quite a I guess it's a fulfilling kind of experience where there's instant gratitude when we're making our purchases and that can be outside of the scope of our ability to repay. I was thinking about rethinking the word budgeting in my head and it's like Marie Kondoing your finances <laughs> yes. would you agree? I think so I think so and uh, I think you know the first step if you're going to do that is to be really honest with yourself because I think sometimes it's easy for us to lie to self about whether Mm -hmm. um, we've got an issue or a problem. So I think that it's important to start with honesty. And one of the things that I like to do as part of that whole honesty exercise is a little bit old school, but I like to get three months of my statements on my transaction account and a highlight pen and have a good look, sit down, have a very good look at what I've just spent my money on. And the word revelation is usually something that comes to to mind after that exercise. You've just um, kicked off a great thought. So where do you start if you want to unravel <laughs> possibly your train wreck of finances or even just I always see like ostriches and eagles. Some people are eagles financially. They're always flying around, getting the big picture, the helicopter view, checking on everything. Then there's ostriches. I, I think I'm a bit of an ostrich. So where do you get started? I think you've got to really want to get started. I think that's really important. And unless you actually spend some time and immerse yourself in understanding where your money's going, income, expenditure, and then, you know, it's kind of like an exercise that you'll do and then you'll put it sort of on the edge of the desk and you won't think about it after that. So you've really got to make a commitment to it. So for me, there's some old school ways and there's some new school ways. And I think that the old school is to maybe have a bit of a spreadsheet so you can have a look and see where your income and expenditure is and you can itemize those on an Excel spreadsheet if you're Excel inclined. Or you can just get pen and paper out with the highlight pens. If I do that, I do do three different colors. The mandatories, the things that I have to you know, the essentials, the things I have to spend money on, then I'll be highlighting with a different colour for the things that I didn't need but I wanted. And also there's sort of some things that are sitting on the periphery there too, which isn't a bad idea to look at some things that maybe you might want to question. You know, do I need that? Is that a gym membership? Is it something that a subscription to something I'm not using anymore? You know, it just gives me a good picture of where I need to start. So that's a bit of the old school stuff. But you can also get, look, there's a number of apps these days. Some you pay for, some you don't, but they all have great functionality. One of the things too with the apps is that sometimes they have access to your bank accounts and stuff like that. So you've got to be really comfortable with that security piece, which is normally covered off. Yeah. Can we talk about some budgeting strategies? So we've figured out we're either going to, you know, do it on our post-it notes or our app. There's, I know there's a few sort of classics. One's like, Proportional budgeting, the 50-30-20 rule. How, how does that work? What is what is that breakdown? Yeah, you know, that's sort of been bandied about a bit over yeah. time. It's fairly rigid and I'm not exactly sure that it works for everybody. But, you know, 50% will go on 
mandatories on those mm-hmm. essential things yep. of your so this is we're talking about income here so 50% will go on those essentials maybe 30% on that discretionary spending yep. piece and then 20% will sort of sit in savings um, or into your emergency fund right. or or a fund that's sort of going to accumulate at right. some that's stage. your kind of long term long term thing you might have yeah. to dip into it if the car breaks down or you might you know have a goal for a, a holiday or a home or some asset class you're going to be investing in, whatever that might be. Mm. So that's kind of like a, a stock standard kind of percentage breakup that, yeah. that people talk about. I tend to think that that's going to change for most people though um, yeah. because some people have, you know, it depends on how their income is actually apportioned in relation to their expenditure as to whether that kind of works. For some people to say that 20% is going to go into a pot, they might go, what 20 percent yeah so it's kind of like it's not um it's not like a standard thing for everyone i guess too like life happens doesn't it so with all the best intentions you know something might land on you that you're not expecting yeah Um, so well, maybe another a, way to do it yeah. too, though, is to have different accounts. So ah, yes. Yeah, so with uh, most financial institutions, you can actually start up, you know, different funds, I guess, mm. if you like, online, mm. and you can pop money regularly into those buckets yes. or into those accounts. And then that way it's accumulating and then when you need it, if it's for a particular thing that you have to pay or if it's just accumulating as a goal, then you've got those sitting there so it's 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 i've I've heard um a tip is creative naming as well so (laughs) it's either to inspire you or someone i think i I was laughing someone suggested if you have kids name those funds after your children so then if you're tempted to take the money out it feels like you're stealing from, from your, your children child. so you know i guess whatever works i wouldn't feel bad about that personally so maybe not for me but um no it's interesting you know yeah. i come from old school banking and nicknames for accounts wasn't even a thing back yeah. then so another one i've heard of lisa is zero based budgeting thinking about Marie Kondo, it's a bit like that where her theory is like everything has to have a place so this is where as soon as your paycheck goes in You've got to just deal with your money. It doesn't sit there. It goes to pay something down. It goes, um, you know, it goes somewhere to be saved or invested. Again, it sounds a little bit rigid for me, but... Yeah, you know, it's a bit rigid for me as well because I think that for some of us, we need to have a sense of achievement when our wage goes in. Yeah. That we've gotten something for all that effort and energy that we've put into our job. Yeah. And you kind of want to see that it's it's there for a bit. Um, look, I think that a nice mix of that, like a mm. nice balance of paying stuff off, having some money go into savings, but having some there that you can still see, that you can kind of yeah. go, you know what, that's mine. I kind of feel like I I've got it. Yes, I'm connected yep. with it and yep. I feel the degree of satisfaction. And safety too. Sometimes yeah. I just like looking at mine and I'm like, oh, I'm okay for now. And I think that if you're just achieving one thing, mm. even if you're saving one amount of money into one account and just even say it's 10% of your wage and it's just if that's all you can do, it's something yeah and you're doing something and I think that that for some people will be all that they can do yeah but I think also to that budgeting and goal setting and saving and apportioning our money changes as we get older Mm. as well you know so each stage of our life our goals will change our needs will change our income hopefully will change things are always going to change and so you know our 
need, our desire, um, how we actually treat our money will change also. Mm. So it's important to know that what might work for us today might change in the next few years as well. So stay in touch with it. Don't ignore it. No. What happens when your budget breaks? Like you've overspent, you've got an emergency. I know we do a lot of research here at Finder. We're pretty credit crazy in Australia too. What would be your advice around people that have let things get a little bit out of control in that department? Well, first of all, if things are getting out of control, don't think you're alone because so many people in Australia are suffering the same thing from the use of credit to supplement their income. It's so easy to do because credit's so easily available and so it's easy to supplement. And it's also to part of that peer pressure in some ways. It's a peer pressure thing too. You know, people are going out and having fun. They're enjoying themselves. Uh, You know, there might be a round of drinks brought. And I remember when I first came to Sydney in 2000, cost me $50 for a round of drinks where the RSL back in Newcastle it would have been a lot cheaper than that, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. But, you know, it's... You got used to it. I did. There's yeah. not a lot of change. Yeah. You know, you hand money over. If you do hand cash over, there's not a lot of change you're getting for your entertainment. Mm. And so it's really easy to get yourself into a fix there. But if you know that you are supplementing your income with a credit facility... Once you've acknowledged it, which is a really important thing to do, then you have to take steps to wind that back. Now, it's not necessarily the fact that you have overspent and you've used credit. It's the habit that you've formed that is the the issue. So you have to change the habit before you can really do anything. Because if you Mm. fix the credit problem by moving it somewhere else or paying it out, that's all fine. But if you haven't changed the habit and you're continuing to do and it, you're continuing to do it, you're only going to find yourself back in the same place in six months time. So it's about healthy habits when it comes to your money, not necessarily the, the outcome of that, although that is what we have to deal with. I heard a great phrase the other day, which was comfort creep which is where you might start earning a little bit more money. You might move to a different city and you just, without even realising, you just kind of turn the volume up on a few things you're spending and it can get away from you very quickly. And I think what you said about, you know, your environment, your peer Mm, pressure, mm. keeping up with the Joneses, whatever you want to call it, is a really hard trend to bark. You know, do you have any advice on just little things you need to watch that often can just start creeping up? Yeah, uh, and I've spoken about this before, Mm. the pause before you purchase. Yeah. You know, you've really got to pause before you spend that money Mm. and understand, is that within your spending limit? Mm. Um, But first you've got to create one, you know, and that whole comfort piece, that's really, it's really interesting because, you know, for some of us, and, you know, this might sound slightly on the edge, But for some of us, you know, particularly if we're working really hard and we're not necessarily in relationships, our relationship with our money and with the things we buy with it becomes really important to Mm. us and a sense of comfort and a sense of connection. And so we do spend that money. So it's, again, it's acknowledging that piece Mm. about when I'm buying or when I'm spending, what mindset am I in? What is actually spurring that on for me to spend? You know, what is the catalyst for that? So I think it's acknowledging um, that situation and taking that pause before you purchase and go, do I really need to be doing that? 
I guess paying for convenience too. That's oh. another one I think that's really bitten me the mm. last few years. Totally. You know, um, working full time, living in a big city, suddenly ordering food in instead of cooking. It's, you know, it's there's definitely a creep. And then what was a treat just becomes part of your weekly spend. Exactly. That's really interesting that you mentioned that, Kate, because... You know, I was just talking to somebody the other day and they said that in the last month they've probably had Uber Eats three times a week and that's not necessarily a bad thing for them Yeah, if they can afford it yeah. and it's within their spending yeah. profile. Yeah. But if it's not, yeah. you've got an issue. So if you add on to the top of that even just Uber itself, yes, um, getting to and from places, if you then add on top of that your online spending, if you add on top of that, you know, going actually out to eat and drink, yep. then what we have is a whole bunch of discretionary spending that's making things easier for us but not financially easier. Mm. Once the genie's out of the bottle, <laughs> it's hard to put it back in. This episode of Pocket Money is presented by Bundle. Bundle lets you buy now, pay later, everywhere MasterCard is accepted. From clothes to groceries, fuel to coffee, two weeks to pay, interest-free. And in keeping with this episode, which is all about budgeting, with Bundle you can track your weekly spend by creating category spending limits and notifications to help you stick to your budget. Be the master of your money with Bundle. At Bundle, that's B-U-N-D-L-L dot Now, back to the show. We play a game on Pocket Money called Overrated, Underrated, where we throw just a concept or a thing at you. Uh, You can tell us whether you think it's overrated or underrated if you want to have a bit of a Mm -hmm. spiel on why. Mm -hmm. We'd love that. The Mm -hmm. first one, I did mention it before, Marie Kondo. Are you into chucking out the things that do not spark joy? I am absolutely into that. I don't think that's overrated. In fact, we moved three years ago and three quarters of our things are still in boxes. So we never got that stuff out. So it's really interesting just to see that we didn't need it. I like minimalist environments. So for me, I think that's... That's something that I'm embracing. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying very hard. (laughs) All right. Overrated or underrated? Mindfulness. Oh. Oh. Did you pick this one especially for me maybe? (laughs) I don't know. It's Um, very popular at the moment. We hear a lot about it. What do you think about it? I think it's underrated. You know, mindfulness for a lot of people has a different connotation, depends on how people perceive that term. And, you know, we don't have long enough to sort of explore that here. But for me, I think that being mindful during the course of the day, but also being mindful to give the brain a break, Mm. I think it's really important during the course of any day that as human beings, given that we fill our brains with so much noise and it's coming at us particularly from our phones and from our computers and public transport and everything, just to give your brain a break for 10 minutes at a minimum means that you're giving yourself a lovely gift of peace for that day before the noise starts. I'm a big fan. And mindful eating as well. Yes. Because, you know, we get a plate of food on the table. Shovel it down. And we shovel it down while we're looking at our phones or we're looking at um, something on the computer, you know, we're snacking Mm. on information and we've just inhaled this meal 
and we haven't even tasted it. I think that mindfulness, as I said, I could talk about a lot, (laughs) but I think mindfulness is one of those things that definitely as human beings, we can embrace more. Even when it comes to our finances. Absolutely. My last overrated, underrated. (laughs) It's got nothing to do with the other two. That's why we like this game. Kombucha. Is it just fizzy vinegar water? Is it life-giving, gut-saving, or is it just delicious or not? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of kombucha. <laughs> In fact, I'm looking at some right now, the ah, lemon, lime and What nipped. a coincidence. I know. Yeah. But having said that, I'm dubious about the old kombucha, particularly the mass-made stuff because yeah. I'm really not sure what's in it, but I know that it gives me great pleasure to drink it because sometimes over time during the course of a day you have enough tea and enough coffee and enough water but you just want something that's got a little bit of additional flavor that perhaps is good for you perhaps is good for you gotta be better than a can of coke with 12 (laughs) teaspoons of sugar in it i'm hoping that it is because that's my second for today (laughs) (laughs) all right so back on budgeting We had a look online and we saw heaps of excuses that people give for not wanting to budget. I'm going to throw a couple of them at you and I want you to rapid fire, just give me back a reason why that's just BS. Number one, I hate maths and it's really complicated. Budgeting's not about maths. It's not complex. It's how you make it. It's about life really, isn't it? It's about life. Number two, I've got a good job. Why should I budget? Isn't it just for people who are in debt or trying to save up for something? You owe it to yourself if you've got a good job and you're earning money to budget that money. So that's a whole lot of baloney. Oh, budgeting is too strict. It's a fun killer. Oh, it'll be a fun killer when you're 60 and you don't have any money. (laughs) It will be when it'll be killing you. Uh, (laughs) You're living in your car. (laughs) And you're living in your car. With no kombucha. You know what? Budgeting isn't strict. You're going to set the rules for your budget and you can make them as strict or as relaxed as you want to, but it's not about killing the fun. I've done one, but then I don't stick to it. It's like a diet. (laughs) Well, that's what we talked about before. And it is like a diet if you don't stick to it. It's like anything. If you set a goal for anything and you don't stick to it, then it's your own fault. So really, you've got to make that commitment to your money. You spend somewhere in the vicinity of, you know, maybe 10 hours at work, maybe getting there every day, every single day. Don't you owe it to yourself to look at that income and really honour it? I love that. That's really, that one's really got me fired up. Last one. My partner and I don't agree on our spending. So what's the point of trying to develop a budget? Oh, that's Mm. a tricky one. (laughs) Save the best till last. Let's go down the rabbit hole. That is tricky, particularly if you've got combined finances. But that's where, you know, if you're earning money, you really need to be controlling that portion of money that you're earning. And maybe you can just slowly take that person on a journey of better financial habits and maybe just start with one thing if you don't agree. That's kind of a blanket statement. I think that generally partners will agree with something that you're doing. Yeah. And again, like doing something's better than nothing. Doing something is better than nothing. Absolutely. All right, Lisa, I've finished listening to your advice. I am a little bit of a financial ostrich sometimes. What should I and all our fabulous listeners do when we've finished listening to this podcast? What could we do right now that's going to put us on a a track to getting our finances under control? Well, you know, I think it's going to be different for everybody. But let me say that the first thing that you can do is to 
understanding your income, understanding how much you're earning when it's coming in. And months will be different for your bills as well. So, you know, it might be that next month you might have a greater expenditure than the month after. Understanding how that all phases. Setting a spending limit for yourself. Understanding what you've got to spend and don't go over that. Make a plan. Set a goal and alter it if you need to. That's something else that you should be doing. Knowing that your goals will change. And have some fun with this. Make it a bit of a project. Make it something that you can enjoy doing. Because if you don't enjoy, enjoy doing it, you won't do it. And then once you start to see the benefits, once you start to see your money grow or you see something change, then build on that mm. and be proud of yourself that you made that change happen then make something else happen. If you're doing this and if you're making some change, it's going to give you opportunity, an opportunity to do other things. And that's really what we all want. Thanks so much for joining us today, Lisa. You are a font of wisdom. So much fun. Thanks, Kate. Everything we mentioned in the show today is in the show notes at finder.com.au backslash podcast. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. We love feedback. Be brutal. We don't mind. We want to hear what you want from the show and so we can make it better and better and answer those burning questions you have. We have a Facebook group and the link to it is in the show notes too. Come on down and join us. I'll be hanging around in there. I don't want to be there on my own. Have a chat. I want to talk about some of the things I've tried to do with my budget. I would love to see what you guys are doing too. If you're more Instagram than Facebook or a bit of both, you can join us at Pocket Money Podcast. Feel free to slide into our DMs at any time. Pocket Money is hosted by Sally, who's not here today, and Kate, that's me. It's produced by Franco Ali, and the editing is from Brianna Ansaldo of Bambi Media. Thanks again to our guest today, which was the fabulous Lisa. We'll catch you next time. Thanks again to Bundle for their support of this episode. Head to bundle.com.au, that's B-U-N-D-L-L, and start keeping a closer eye on your spending. Thanks for listening to Pocket Money from Finder. Head over to finder.com.au slash podcast for the show notes for this episode. The Finder podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.